Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good Tuesday afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, along with Kelly Sander and uh, Luke Johnson over at the First Bank Studio in Laurel. We're, at, of course, the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg, and we're glad you're with us this afternoon. Rod Agee's going to join us in just a moment. He's a former James Green basketball player. We're going to talk to Rod about uh, college basketball and his life after uh, his actions on the hardwood. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of the Eagle Hour, and we're proud to have them. They cook delicious food seven days a week, and here in Hattiesburg, they'll cater any event for you, large or small, church, office, personal, doesn't matter. With the Super Bowl coming up, you might want to keep Dickie's Barbecue in mind. That might be a great place for Kelly Sander to buy a bunch of Dickie's Barbecue and invite us all over for the big game. Well, the good thing was that the Patriots were not going to be in the Super Bowl, but the bad news is the Saints aren't going to be in it either. So So. much hatred of the Patriots. You guys, y'all just hate (laughs) prosperity, don't you? See you, Tom. See you, babe. (laughs) Poor Tom had to go home to his Super Bowl model wife, his millions of dollars in the bank. No man should have to live in such misery. I think it's just unfair myself. (laughs) I agree. Uh, So we want to thank Dickie's Barbecue, and we look forward to the Super Bowl party over at Kelly's house, and uh, that's going to be great uh, as we broadcast here from the First Bank Studios. All right, uh, basketball's back in action Thursday night. uh, Golden Eagles struggling a bit right now. 4-11 on the year, 0-2 in the conference. Uh, Next up, let's see, Kelly, they play at UTEP. Uh, UTEP nine and six on the year. A lot of good looks to be a lot of good basketball teams in Conference USA. Actually, I mean, if, when you do look at that schedule that Southern Miss is playing, as if it wasn't rough enough in in pre-conference, mm-hmm. so to speak. I mean, they they start right out of the gate with La Tech. Two games with La Tech, who's the top dog right now? No pun intended. In Conference USA, the Massey ratings bear that out. And then they go to UTEP mm-hmm. and UTSA. You know, UTEP is you know one of the top teams in the league so far this year. Um, so, I mean, you talk about, yeah. they're just, they haven't been able to wade through anything. It's been, uh, you know, no, you're right. S- swimming against the current. All right. We're got the first Massey baseball rankings are out. We're going to be talking about that a little later in the show. Some disturbing news, uh, involving a former Southern Miss player and a current Mississippi state football player. And, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that later in the show. That's something that Kelly and I just find egregious and, uh, that'll be a, topic for later in the show but right now let's uh, welcome our guest to the show he was a basketball player for james green 96 97 rod ag and uh, he is now we understand a very successful business entrepreneur and businessman and rod we're glad to have you on the eagle hour oh thank thank you guys for having me man when i think of basketball rod and i think of tough nose hard nose defensive basketball with a coach that always had his foot up the Blank, blank of his players. Uh, I think of the man you played for, James Green, and I always thought that he's been very much underappreciated uh, with the tremendous job I think he did at Southern Miss. Your thoughts? 
Oh yeah, I, I definitely agree with that that statement wholeheartedly. Um, you guys know I played two years for Turk and two for Coach Green, and Coach Green he was definitely a defensive minded coach by far. Um, I think when he came, it, it kind of changed my uh, trajectory as a basketball player. Cause I, from I came from high school where my high school coach also stressed defense and. Coach Green and Coach Harris, who was my high school coach, they were pretty much like-minded guys. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how different was it going from M.K. Turk to James Green? Um, as far as defensive intensity, I mean, Coach Turk, he was a – you know, Coach Turk was more of a, I'll say, a run-and-gun type coach, in my opinion. He kind of let the offense flow a little more freely. And Coach Green was – I think he was more of a disciplinarian than, than Coach Turk was. I'll just put it that way. I definitely lifted a lot more weights, and I ran a lot more suicide under Coach Green. <laughs> well, MK Turk, MK Turk was very open about his. He says, "I understand that college basketball is entertainment. You know, we got to oh, yeah. entertain people. We got to win games, but we got to entertain people." But when James Green came in, one of the first questions that James Green asked fans is, "What would you like to see different?" And you know, when when the Eagles, when the games that they lost under MK Turk, they were losing 112 to 108. You know, people are going, man, I just wish we played a little bit better defense. But but the criticism, Rod, that that Coach Green took was that he took defense almost to the nth degree to where the style of play was kind of boring. Was that a was that a fair criticism in retrospect? Uh, I, I guess that, that I, I guess that's kind of fair. I, I have heard from fans that our games were boring and some people didn't enjoy it, but. From, for someone like myself, I, I thoroughly enjoy it because, like I said, I'm, I was a defensive guy. That was my main focus. Like, my job was to lock the other team's top score down, and that's what I was going to do by hook or crook. Um, but I, I do think it's maybe a little unfair to Coach Green. I mean, that was the style. And um, I think some of that was, you know, just I think Coach Reed was more of the offensive coach, if you will. So we, we were really running a lot of his offense, and Coach Green was the one that really stressed the defense. Um, but if you didn't play defense, you weren't going to play for Coach Green, and he, he made that clear when he first got there. So I, I think the I think the phrase he used was he, he used to tell his players all the time that the basketball court is flat, meaning it doesn't go downhill to the offensive basket. Okay, if you're going to play offense, you better get back here and play defense. Yes. Oh, definitely. Like I said, if, if you didn't play defense. And I have a teammate that shall remain nameless, a former teammate, good friend of mine, really close to the guy. He was one that it took him a little while to buy into the defensive uh, philosophy, but once he did, I mean, his, his game, you know, he, he grew as a player as well. But no defense, no play, definitely. Oh, come on, Rod. We can't even get initials or anything like that? We can't get any <laughs> nah, dirt on this guy? <laughs> no, nah, he, he, nah, he's not dirty. He's just one of our better players to ever come through. Uh, I'll I, I just say it, it, it's Jimmy Floyd, and he knows this. Uh, but Jimmy, he wasn't at first. He was not a defensive-minded guy because you guys know Jimmy could fill it up. Um, he was a great three-point shooter, but he eventually came around. I think Jimmy ended up being one of our top defenders on the team before, you know, before the end of his career. Continuing our discussion with Rod Agee, uh, a Golden Eagle basketball standout in, in the mid '90s. Rod, the, the biggest uh, criticism that college coaches had of high school players coming up to the D1 level is their inability to play defense or their lack of schooling in defense. That defense, playing defense, was the biggest adjustment high school basketball players had to make jumping to the D1 level, to which you respond how? Uh, it, it's 
game's a lot faster. Uh, jumping from uh, high school to college, definitely. I think for me personally, the biggest change I adjustment I had to make was on the offensive end because, as I said before, my high school coach, Coach Fred Harris, uh, in high school we had what we called the press team. He had, it was just a group of five guys that your job, we came in the game, we were going to press the you-know-what out of you as long as we could. And so I kind of came from a defensive-minded coach. So for me, um, the adjustment was easy. Uh, I know others typically, most, most guys stress offense. I mean, it just is what it is. Um, the offensive guys that put up the numbers, those are the guys that typically get the glory. But I came from a guy that he stressed defense probably more than offense. So I was used to that style of play that Coach Green brought. So, Rod, let me take you back. You came in under Coach Turk, and uh, who now, I think, rightly so, uh, is an iconic name in Southern Miss history. I don't think there's any debate about that. Did you guys have any idea that uh, that Coach Turk's tenure was coming to an end? And if you'll think back on when you got that news, that had to come as a pretty big shock, I would think, to the basketball team. Yeah, um, we we really didn't. I didn't. I personally, I didn't really see it coming, but and it was a shock. Uh, Coach Green, like as you said, he, he's a, he's a legend at, at Southern Miss. Coach Green, he had Coach McGinnis, Coach Moore. Those are the guys that brought me in, and I'm forever grateful for them, to them for you know just giving me the opportunity and seeing something in me to bring me down to Southern Miss. Uh, really changed my life, so mm-hmm. I'm forever grateful for, to those guys. But you really had no inclination that that was about to happen. Is that was that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah, I, I really didn't have any you know any clue that we were, that was coming. Um, I think when we found out, we had just finished a tournament. I want to say in Memphis when it happened. Uh, and it, it was kind of a shock to all of us. Actually, Rod, we had a chance to talk to some of your teammates, and the one thing you're definitely right about is they, they told us that, that Rod Agee didn't have a clue. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Not about that. <laughs> don't, let, don't listen to him, Rod. Don't, yeah. don't listen to him at all. I'll tell you what, we're, a lot of other stuff, though. we're about to hit a break, but I'd like to hold you over if you've got just a couple minutes because I'd like to talk to you about the current basketball team what they're going through, and how how difficult is it for a player when a new coaching staff comes in? Is that good? Sounds good. Yeah, I'd like to see maybe some memories, too, that he has off the court, that some fun stories of his there years at Southern Miss. Rod Agee, former basketball star with the Golden Eagles, is with us today on the Eagle Hour. We're going to continue our conversation with him right after this message. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us this afternoon. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. Great place for Southern Miss apparel, Southern Miss household items, stuff for your car. If you're a student, of course, or the parent of a student, 
that's where you can buy and sell and trade and do everything you need to do with textbooks. We appreciate uh, our good friends there at Campus Bookmart and encourage you to shop with them online at campusbookmart.net in person on Hardy Street here in Hattiesburg. Talking to Rod Agee, former basketball star, back in the MK Turk slash James Green era. And Rod, the basketball team now is uh, currently undergoing something that you experienced, and that's a change of coaching staffs. Uh, these kids have placed, uh, been playing a brutal, I mean brutal schedule uh, under a new staff, 4-11 and 11 on the year. I'm sure a lot of adjustments are going on. So take us back to uh, when you endured the coaching change, and how long realistically do you think it takes these kids uh, now to adjust to this new staff, this new philosophy, this new way of doing things? Yeah, um, I, I think – when, when you know you have to go through the adjustments, um, it can be tough because you know you come in, you get a new coach. Obviously, he brings his own coaching style, his own way of doing things. For example, you know I, I just think back to when Coach Green came. I give you share a funny story with you guys, which wasn't funny at the time. Uh, I called, I think someone on the team missed class one day, and Coach Green was going on a recruiting trip to Chicago. He flew back in town around midnight. <laughs> And we got up about midnight and had to run suicides is about that two right? hours straight. It's because yeah. one player missed class. Yeah, because it's a team, right? There's no I in team. Right. You know what they say. Right. Uh, but the transition, you know, it's just getting used to the, the, the new coach's way of doing things and kind of how, uh, what they expect as far as, you know, from everything on the court and off the court. I think most people think new coach, you think it only impacts what you do on the court. But there's also the off the court stuff that you know different coaches have different standards. You know, right. a lot of you know whether it's making sure you're in front of the class, not at the back of the class. Don't be late for class. Obviously, don't miss class. So um, it's more than just basketball. On the politics list of the NCAA, Rod Ag, one of the things that always gets brought up is if if players commit to a school and then the co- and, a, and to a coach and then the coach winds up leaving for whatever reason, players think that that. They ought they ought to be able to leave as well. How do you how do you feel about that? Uh, part part of me, uh, I kind of agree with that. Um, if if your coach leaves because you come in with one expectation, um, and and expect to play for you know, coach, you know, like I come in, I expect to play for Coach Turk, and then Coach Turk leaves. Um, you know, obviously, I, I think guys should have the freedom to choose, but. Me personally, I, I'm all for students having that or student athletes having that option. But me personally, I think when I made my decision, I made it based on the coach. But more more importantly for me, I made my decision to come to Southern Miss based on the school itself and what it was going to do for me academically and after school, not just from a basketball perspective. And I think if you are one of those athletes or individuals and you're only focused on basketball, then you are more prone to bounce around and transfer from school to school versus if you came to school for school first and then athletics second. And that's what everybody's supposed to be doing. All right, Luke Johnson's with us. Luke, uh, Rod Agee on the program. Say hello to Mr. Agee. Hey, Rod, thanks for uh, for being on today. Um, talking about the transitions, and you you also experienced another transition, I believe. You went you you got to play in both the Metro and Conference USA. Was was there a difference? Man, some we remember those old Metro Conference games and the teams in there. But what was it like entering a a, a new conference uh, in Conference USA? Uh, 
was it was it was pretty exciting actually. Uh, as you guys know, when I would play Conference USA was, I mean, you think back to the teams, it was pretty stacked. We had Cincinnati, Marquette, St. Louis, DePaul, a bunch of really really good competition. Um, so it, it was it was it was actually pretty pretty cool to you know to be a part of that first year of a new, of a new conference, and it's the fact that it's still going. Uh, you know, it's pretty that was pretty cool. I know from a football perspective, uh, we we had Van Hall, but on a basketball perspective, uh, what did you guys have? You know, to to unite as a team. Um, you know, Kelly was mentioning reminiscing not only what was on the court but but off the court. What was it like in the mid nineties on campus in Hattiesburg? Yeah, no, I lived in Van Hall also. Uh, we had Van Hall, I think, my first two years, and then we ended up in Elam Arms uh, after that. Elon Mars was great because I think in the early 90s, Van Hall, you know, you had your own cafeteria, which later got converted. Um, but we also, when we moved to Elon Mars, you know, we moved over there and then you had the cafeteria right down, right downstairs. But I, I think as a basketball team, we were we were still pretty close because, like I say, we, we hung out together a lot. Um, we um, had a lot of stuff that we did. So we had our, uh, I guess, freshman rituals that we used to do. You know, some guys shave heads. I won't tell you what we did. If you lived in Van Hall, you know. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's sacred. So where were, socially, Rod, when you guys would get away from campus, where was the hangout spot? Understanding, of course, that the statute of limitations is over. <laughs> where did you guys hang out and have fun? Uh, a lot of times, you know, because I think Damien Smith ended up having a, an apartment over in uh, family housing. Uh, so a lot of times he would he would be the guy he would barbecue and we would just hang out at his house and just just hang around. Uh, really didn't. I mean we would go out to the nightclubs, you know, as all college students do, maybe on a Thursday night. But during basketball season, that was you know really tough to do. But um, mostly it was just hanging around the dorm or at someone's house, maybe at a cookout. All right, Rod, we know you're a really smart guy. Let our listeners know what you're doing these days. I, I know, but I, I wanted them to hear. Okay, so currently I'm working for uh, a software company. I do software implementations for that company and actually in the product management part of it. Uh, but what, what I do, what the software I work with, is basically it's really the, the software that the kids, Southern Miss uses PeopleSoft. So the software that the students use to register for courses, mm-hmm. apply to USM, apply for financial aid. I actually work with the deans, the registrar's office, and uh, those types, the VPs at different colleges and universities to help them implement our software for the company that I work for. Well, you know, my partner here has kind of got a glazed look in his eyes. Well, you do that kind of work too, don't you, Kelly? You do a lot of software implementation. Is that is that like <laughs> AOL? Is that America Online? Not, not, not exactly. Oh. <laughs> no, no, you, don't, you don't have time to tutor him, Rod. Uh, don't, don't, don't concern yourself with him. Hey, man, we appreciate very much. Great conversation. Uh, delightful talking to you. Appreciate all that you did for Southern Miss basketball, and uh, you're welcome here anytime, man. Thank you. I appreciate you guys, and thanks for having me. All right, Rod Ag, everybody. And uh, I-, I knew before the show, because Sheila had told me, this young man's very smart and doing very, very well in that industry. Well, and there's a lesson to be learned there, too. I mean, every athlete, when you talk to any 14- or 15-year-old kid, you know, you'll say, well, what do you want to do when you, quote-unquote, grow up? It's, well, I want to play in the NFL, or I want to play in the NBA, or I want to play in the big leagues, right? But statistically, that's not going to happen. 
okay? And Rod Agee's a guy who obviously understood that that probably wasn't going to happen, even though it's certainly a legitimate dream. And there's a guy that, athletic skill aside, understood that his there brain go. was going to take him there where he he's going to go and look look where he is. You know, I was told by a pretty reliable source that Luke Johnson was asked that question as he was finishing his tenure as a football player. And Luke said his ambition was to grow up and work with Kelly Sander and Bob Getty in a, on a radio show. His dream, dreams come true, Kelly. Yeah, but I think at the same it time, is, the advisor said you need to it, raise your it standards is pretty a little interesting. bit. <laughs> That's right. Well, it is pretty interesting. Bob and I found this out years later. My, uh, my college roommate, um, Ethan Whiteside, and Bob's son actually worked together like two right. years while we, were, <laughs> while we were at Southern Miss. So, yeah, well, Bob and I were connected even before then. Hey, guys, it, it is an honor to work with you every day. Maybe not Dalton, <laughs> but you guys for sure. Luke, where did uh, you guys hang out? Was there a local watering hole that the football players would kind of hang out at back in the day? Man, I lived off. I lived off campus. I I did live in Van Hall, you know, during preseason. But I lived off campus, and most of my my guys, we would stay away from establishments like that. But yeah, a lot of guys, uh, uh, the old mug shots. There was one uh, in Hattiesburg called the Hi Hat. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, the Hi Hat Club. Sure. <laughs> they, there were several times where football players got into issues there. Oh my god! Maybe later in the program or. Or uh, we'll I'll, I'll share a story that that happened, but yeah, that was there was most of those places. Uh, Coach Bauer told football players not to go, you know, to those places because of some of the issues that they had um, there with with people from the outside. But yeah, I mean, most guys. Uh, to to be honest, a lot of guys on our team that didn't live in the dorm, they would get three or four different uh, teammates, and man, we would rent houses along Thirty Seventh and Thirty Sixth Avenue, and you'd go over and play ping pong and grill and hang out with dudes. Oh, is, is that what we're calling it now? <laughs> Playing ping pong and grill? <laughs> no, I got you. I got you. Uh, yeah, and uh, my wife and I were coming back one time from a trip to Houston, a football game, and happened to sit on the airplane with one of the team doctors, Luke, and he told us about the Hi-Hat Club and Coach Bauer's fondness for that organization <laughs> and how that was a fine, that would be a quick way to find yourself running the bleachers at the Rock is to be found out you had visited the Hi Hat Club, and even in the earlier days, the old man. I hear legendary tales of the Stone Toad. Oh yeah, and I can tell you about that after the show. <laughs> okay, we'll be back. Eagle Hour continues after this. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a Tuesday. I really appreciate Rod Ag for stopping by and hanging out with us, reminiscing for uh, about Southern Miss basketball. Eagles on the road Thursday and Saturday of this week. Bob, Luke, and Kelly from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel, Mississippi. 4th Street Bar and Grill brings us the third segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. I've actually got their Facebook uh, page pulled up right now. This week, guys, they're bringing back one of their favorites. It's the Meatball Sub. Now, I've never eaten one, but every time that we uh, go there for a live remote, somebody from the crew, I think Todd or Michael Mm -hmm. got that one time, 
So today, uh, well, today they had hamburger steak, uh, but they got daily lunch specials. But the meatball sub is back at 4th Street Bar and Grill this week. So stop in and see Slade and the crew and let them fix you a delightful lunch. And go look at some of those MK Turk teams, uh, those posters on the wall at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Isn't it about time for us to go back? I mean, I could use a, I could use a. I almost got hurt New Year's night at 4th Street. Yeah, what'd you do? Well, I, something got into my soft drink that affected my thinking equilibrium. Yeah, and uh, I walked right in front of a couple of guys playing darts, and I had a guy that was halfway like <laughs> I go walk. <laughs> I almost took a dart to the temple. Representing uh, the show very well, Kelly. We appreciate that. Yes. All right, baseball is just five weeks away. Let me repeat that. Baseball is just five weeks away. Oh, oh. Do we have the? Do we have the? Come on, what is the producer? Is the Mormon Tabernacle Choir standing by? We have them on eight uh, days. Thirty-eight days till baseball. Thirty-eight. Thirty-eight days till baseball, and the first Massey rankings are out. Luke Johnson and none other than Kelly Center has them in his formerly nicotine-stained hands. Good afternoon, Americans. Stay tuned for news. Now, when you look at the initial Massey baseball rankings, all right. Now, and you understand that some of the rankings are based on where the teams finished last year. You know, reasonably. And some are not, apparently, from what you told me. The number one team, according to Massey, going into the baseball season, Vanderbilt from the SEC. That that's understandable. Number two, Mississippi State from the SEC. Number you didn't say it right. Mississippi State. You yeah, Mississippi it. State Bulldogs. Like they come out in a 5-3 defensive alignment. Time out from Scott Field. Time in from your local sponsors. Uh, number. That's my Jack Crystal. Anyway, number four in baseball, Arkansas from the SEC. Number six in baseball, Georgia from the SEC. <laughs> number eight in baseball, Ole Miss from the SEC. Every year. Number 10 in baseball, Auburn. From the SEC. Number 12 in baseball, Texas A&M from the SEC. Number 15 in baseball, Tennessee from the SEC. So Tennessee. Of, so, so hold on just, just there. Tennessee. Hold on just a second. You got it. So Bob always has, whenever tournament time comes around, Bob always has this, you know, we might as well just give the SEC. So how many right. nat, How many seeds, how many uh, regionals are we giving the SEC right now, Kelly? How many to start with? Eight out of 15. Right. Eight out of the top 15, according to Massey. Wouldn't it be easier to do that? If the NCAA does that. Just to go on now and set the super regionals at every SEC school, irregardless of how well they do, and then play it on out from there. Now, the great news is when you look at the rest of the Massey ratings, guess who is projected as the top team in Conference USA? I'm going to guess Southern Miss. You are correct, sir. You are correct, sir. Yes. <laughs> Southern Miss. Number one team in Conference USA, 34th overall, according to the Massey ratings. Now, keep in mind, there are 299 teams that play baseball. So that's pretty good. Indeed. And I didn't even realize, you know, putting two and two together, UTEP of Conference USA does not have a baseball they team. They do not, no. Yeah, the Miners do not have a baseball team. So there's 12 teams in the league. Southern Miss, according to Massey, the number one team in Conference USA, coming in 34th overall. La Tech, those scoundrels. Come in second, 57th overall. Florida Atlantic is third in Conference USA, 61st nationally. Old Dominion checks in fourth, 78th on the national scale. Number five, UTSA, is 87th. 
Rice checks in sixth, which is much better than where they finished last well, year. They're on their way back. Yeah, Rice sixth at 96th, and then UAB comes in seventh at 117. Then rounding out the rest of uh, Conference USA, according to the Massey Ratings Baseball, Florida International eighth, Middle Tennessee ninth, Marshall tenth, Western Kentucky 11th, and Charlotte comes in last at 165th. At 165, but what what jumps out to me about these Conference USA rankings? Now remember, 299 teams. Let's just round up to 300. Mm-hmm. So 150 would be right in the middle. All right, and the only teams that fall below the middle are Middle Tennessee at 155, Marshall at 157. So they're right on the cusp. Western Kentucky at 164, Charlotte at 165. So overall, the Massey ratings think pretty favorably yeah, of Conference good, USA as a league. Yeah, uh, I was visiting this morning with Jack Duggan. He told me a couple baseball-related things I, I didn't realize is that Louisiana Tech still not going to have a home field this year. They haven't even started on the reconstruction of their field that was damaged by a tornado. The Love Shack. Yeah, they're going to have to put. Yeah. They're going to split some of their games. I think between uh, Monroe. And um, and maybe Natchitoches, where uh, Northwestern yeah. State plays. Amazing, though, that what this was well over a year ago, and uh, according to Jack, construction hadn't even started. Maybe maybe the U.S. government is handling the. Uh, actually, he said OSHA was involved. <laughs> okay. That's actually what he said. I was yeah. going to say because people go anytime the government's involved, it's going to take a long time. And we yeah. were talking about our baseball team this morning, and I get both of you guys uh, your thoughts on this. We'll obviously be very good, very competitive. But Southern Miss fans need to maybe take a step back. You're right. And understand that this is going to be a bit of a reloading year because some real talent has left in the last two years. And there are going to be some young, very talented, but young new kids on the field. And that's why these coaches hate these preseason polls, you know, because a lot of them are based on how you finished the year last year. You know, as, as far as going into this season, until you have a track record to, to be able to look right. at, they base it on last year. So I'm sure Scott Barry's going 34th. Yeah. Gosh, I wish we weren't ranked that high. Two questions to you, Luke Johnson. Yeah. Do you agree with the maybe a little bit of a rebuilding year for Southern Miss? And do you agree? And I don't, I don't mean to just throw sticks at them all the time, but how overrated and oversaturated do we have to be with the SEC all the time? Well, it is what it is. And we're just going to continue to roll on. They uh, they will continue to spell the S as the money sign before you get to the E or the C. Right. It's just part of it, and uh, I'm not going to get too much uh, lose too much sleep over it. You know, I would I would take not exception, but I would just critique what you said. Yeah, we we lost some last year. Yeah, you lose a second round pick. But guys, I am stoked to watch Gabe Shepard pitch this year. I mean, oh, yeah. I am yeah. over the moon. Walker Powell's back. Remember the game that Josh Lewis threw against mm-hmm. LSU in the regional? Mm-hmm. Those might be your three. You have legitimately three weekend starters. What's Cody Carroll going to do? Um, what are some more of these guys going to do? A, a just amazing amount of freshman talent coming in. Billy Garrity coming in from Summerall. Hunter Stanley's coming out of the bullpen. Um, Gidry's a senior. You look at Dustin Dickerson from from West Jones is going to be pretty good. What's the catcher position going to do? Andrew Stanley transfers um, from Arkansas. Montenegro's back and left. Just scrolling through this uh, this roster, man. Another kid I'm excited about, Fisher Norris out of seminary. Um, may, may play some in the outfield. Don't know where he's going to be. Danny Lynch. Uh, can you know he can he start his season as he had the the second half? I I am excited about this team. I think 
this team could be uh, with a few of the the old heads around, like the uh, the Montenegros, the Powells, and the Gidrys, could get some young guns in the lineup, and they could just. There's really, you, you always put a uh, you know a, a optimistic, cautious ceiling on things, but man, I, I think offensively we could be very good average wise this year. I understand, too, and uh, forgive me, his name slips my mind. His dad was the athletic director here at one time, played at Presbyterian Christian School. I understand there's some thought that McGillis may be moved to first base, and the kid from West Jones is good enough to step in and start playing shortstop. What do you you say about him, Luke? Yeah, I I think that's probably what's going to happen. We were were told in the offseason – that 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 might be a possibility. Dustin Dickerson, if you're if you're unfamiliar with his background, his dad Bobby is actually he just uh, left the Phillies organization as uh, their defensive coach. Now he's the bench coach for the San Diego Padres. Uh, Dustin is uh, a baseball player through and through, and he probably will play shortstop. Um, you know, I don't have any insight on that. I'm just from what I've read and what I've seen, he will play a lot as a as a as a true freshman for sure. And they also told me this morning, Jack being the Jack also told me this morning the baseball field now is is pretty much down with the exception of the infield. I'm gonna go over there this afternoon. I want to take a look at it. But he described it, Kelly Sander, as beautiful. Well, that that that's the one of the thing about the that type of surface is that it could be ten years old and still looks like it's brand new. Right. And they and they yeah. work they weave it into the fabric somehow so that it looks like it's got the checkerboard cuts mm-hmm. and just like you would at a it real does. major league major it looks league field. Really, really good. Hey, one one final thing, guys, before we hit a break on Louisiana Tech. Not sure if you're aware of this, but they're actually going to play three series at Smith Willis Stadium in Jackson um, this year. They're going to play yeah, Old right. Dominion. They're going to play Rice. And they're going to play Middle Tennessee. If Southern Miss isn't at home, I need to check it. But April 9th, 10th, and 11th, I think that's Easter weekend. Rice and Louisiana Tech and Jackson, that would be a dandy that's of a baseball fun. series. Yeah, that's pretty fun. All right, we're got to talk about these, this other subject matter when we come back. A little depressing, but I think it needs to be brought to the public's attention. Eagle Hour next. Southern Miss to the top. Toyota Hattiesburg brings us the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. Stop by and see him on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, or uh, go online, toyotahattiesburg.com. Have everything that they have for sale. You can search for a certified, uh, pre-owned, or brand-new vehicles. We appreciate our friends at Toyota Hattiesburg sponsoring the Eagle Hour. Bob, um, we were throwing it around during the uh, the commercial break and, and talking about how special our pets are to us and some disturbing stuff involving some former uh, Southern Miss football Well, yeah, players. not only Southern Miss, uh, a kid, Michael Story, who's a, a senior at Mississippi State and an NFL prospect, I understand, uh, just sentenced to two years probation and fined. He reportedly kept his girlfriend's Great Dane and when she came back, she discovered that he had just put the animal outside with no food or water for three days. And so the animal required 
medical care, and he ends up in court and pleads guilty. But the most disturbing one is a former Southern Miss player, Rakeem Nunez Rochez, who plays for Tampa Bay, had a dog, um, and I uh, let my phone get out here. The dog was a cane corso, and apparently he raises this breed of dog in Tampa. Uh, one of his animals, a female dog, was found on a deserted road, uh, real malnourished, hungry, tired, afraid. Uh, they estimate that the animal had been deserted for three to four days out in the middle of nowhere, uh, was discovered uh, by a utility worker, is the report I read, uh, who took the animal to a shelter, happy to say that the animal has been has been uh, has been rescued now and adopted. Uh, Rochez uh, was notified that the animal had been brought back to a shelter and uh, has never showed up to get the animal, refused to answer any questions about how the animal may have ended up out there, and now is the subject of an investigation by the Tampa Bay Organization and the Humane Society in Tampa Bay now publicly demanding that the Bucks cut him off of the football team for uh, this cruel behavior uh, regarding this uh, female dog. And I guess it just, you know, it, it just makes me want to cry when I hear stuff like this. We, you're right, Luke. We were three talking about how special our pets are to us. Luke Johnson, how, how do people, what's wrong with our culture that, that we have young men like this that uh, are so cruel in their behavior toward animals? Well, in, in our world, and especially uh, some other people, uh, when when people get to a certain status, um, and I, you don't even have to really get to that status, I think people kind of view themselves as the center of their own universe. Social media surely has not helped that. It has escalated that. And so everything around you becomes expendable. And when you're done with it, you're a consumer. You consume a cell phone. Uh, you consume food, you consume internet, you consume Netflix, and things that really, really matter in life, people first and foremost, but, you know, pets and things that are your responsibility. Uh, and I'm not saying this is exactly what happened in this situation, but that's the mindset. And when something uh, becomes consumed or you're done with it, you ease on down the road, literally in, in this case. And, uh, you know, you would you would hope in in uh, in life and in the American justice system, you're innocent until proven guilty. Maybe some more facts will come in here. If if certainly not, um, Nunez Rochez looks it looks pretty tough for him right now. And and uh, yeah, don't ever do that again. No. And it's and it's the the thing is is when you're going into that profession too. All right, the NFL. I mean the the highest profile, the most profitable league in the world. Uh, you have to understand that you're going to be under the microscope because a lot of the football players will say, look, our numbers aren't any higher than the average guy walking down the street as people who are abusing animals. The fact is nobody should be doing that, right? Right. But the fact that an NFL player gets called out on it, you have to understand that that goes along with the territory. If you're going to be a head football coach, your, your life is going to be under the microscope. And lots of times we talk about the salaries that these guys make, and they have long contended, and I think it's a fair argument, they get paid lots of times, not necessarily for their skills, but for their lack of privacy. That's what they're getting paid for, because everything they do is, is under the glass. But we are, you know, and now Mississippi, you know, the legislature convened today for, for another season, and I sure would like to see the legislature deal in Mississippi 
with more stiff sentences for people who are cruel to animals because that's a direct reflection on society. But the last thing I want to leave you with is what Luke said about how everything is more expendable, how people are treating animals badly. Look at how they're they're throwing away their kids lots of times, too. I mean, being raised by grandparents and people don't want to parent anymore. They get tired of their spouse. Oh, we'll get a divorce. It's just it's just a microcosm of society. Well, I hope that uh, Mr. Rochez and Mr. Story both learned from this and will become two less people in the world that are going to be cruel and, and, and mistreating of yep. uh, these innocent creatures. So enough of yep, that. Hope sure. We'll, we'll, hey, guys, let's uh, let's let's end on a good note tomorrow. Drake Dorbeck. All right. Senior uh, linebacker or lineman, offensive lineman. Just won the Kent Hole Trophy for the best offensive lineman in college in the state of Mississippi. He'll be on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. It's always great to have an O-lineman on the show, don't you think? Smartest guys playing the games. Well, I'll tell you what, they're, they're smart. And we were, we were talking about animals a little while ago. Joey Hawkins just walked in the office. You talk about a football animal, that guy. <laughs> He's got money in his hand. That's oh, that's always a good sign. That's been the case for years. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that wraps it up. We're back tomorrow. Great interview lined up tomorrow. Looking forward to talking to that young man. Until then, everybody, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. top. To the top. Into the future. To the sea Fly like an eagle Let my spirit carry me I want to fly like an eagle Till I'm free A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production